The children of Israel, after David's reign, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, allowing syncretism to come in and to take a hold of Israel so much that it affected after Solomon reigned, Israel split into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. There were different kings of each kingdom, both Judah and Israel. But as different kings reigned, there were some that reigned just like David did, and there were some that were evil, and they brought back idolatry. Every time they would bring back idolatry, another king would come back, and he would, he would uh, obliterate idolatry and, and bring back the presence of the Lord. But I want to so, tell you something. In throughout all of that, that God did not leave the children of Israel to just to, out there in the wolves. He kept on pursuing them. And you want you know, you think I'm lying? You want to read the word? Read the word because God brought up some apostles, but God brought up some prophets, and He started to do some things that were out of the ordinary. I want to tell you something. In today's time, it's going to take something out of the ordinary to get a hold of some of the people that have gone out and astray from the Lord. Bear with me for a few moments. Christian, stay where you are. If you, can, if you can sit down, you can sit down. If not, don't worry about it. I'm only going to go to, to one of those, just Hosea. This is probably one of the most weirdest stories you'll ever read in the Bible of the prophet Hosea. I'm not going to read it for time's sake. I know we probably do have time, but I believe that the Lord has something He wants to do even further than what He's already done. Thank you, Sister Lisa, for obeying the voice of the Lord. I believe the Lord wants to do something even greater here in a few moments for not just those that were here, but for those that aren't even here. We're going to have some, we're, we're going to have some prayer over those, Sister Misty, that are not here in just a few moments. But I want to tell somebody, something in the house, if you're sitting under the sound of my voice and you have a loved one, you have a friend, you have an enemy, I don't care who it is, that is running from the Lord, they have allowed syncretism to come into their life and they are, they are uh, too busy worrying about idolatry and worrying about, about money and worrying about fame, worrying about the government, worrying about all these different things. I want to tell you something. God's about to upset the fruit basket. God's about to do something different in today's time. I want to tell you something. I don't call myself a prophet, but I want to tell you something. I'm the prophet of this house and, I, and that's what the Bible says because the Bible says that what a prophet is, there's three different things that a prophet does. He foretells, he foretells, and he talks about the about the word of God in third person. I want to tell you something. I'm one of those that call, I'm a fourth teller. That doesn't mean that I'm going to come in and predict what's going to happen in your future. But what a fourth teller is, is I'm coming down to speak the unadulterated, uh, revelated word of God that he has given me. The middle of the white pages, just like you said, Sister Lisa, it's not necessarily all about the words that are written on the pages. But I want to tell you something. God reveals to us things that we've got to say to our people. And I want to tell you something today. There are people that are lost and dying and going to hell. I I want to tell you something. There was Israelites back in the day that were lost and they were dying and they were going to hell. And God brought up prophets. He brought up people that could, that could be raised up. He called them out. But in this very specific prophet, he did something completely abnormal and out of the ordinary. A lot of people just skip over this minor prophet. Not minor because he, his, of his works. Minor because it's a small book in the, in the Bible. That's what they call them, minor, the minor prophets. The prophet Hosea was called out. 
It's called out for a reason. And the Lord spoke to Hosea. Read it in Hosea chapter 1. He spoke to Hosea and he said, I want you to go take a wife of harlotry. Listen to what I'm saying. Oftentimes we hear the church saying that we don't need to go into the places. Oh Lord, you better hear what I'm saying. Well, I hear the church saying today that we don't need to go into those places like bars. Like places that we shouldn't be going into because we are holier than thou. God told Hosea to take a prostitute wife. Why in the world do you think God would tell Hosea to take a prostitute wife? Because that's what was going on in the land. The land was full of harlotry. It was full of idolatry. What he was doing was he was setting up somebody that could be viewed by the people. And he was setting up somebody that he could bless in the end so that the people could understand that he was in pursuit of them. I want to tell you something. The the children of Israel at this point, they were so far away. They were so far away from God they had ran so far they had gone into into some different things that I'm telling you they were running rampant they were they were worshiping idols they were worshiping Baal they were worshiping all these different golden uh, golden calves and all these things and all this stuff was going on there was there was prostitution that was running uh, amok there was all kinds of different types of races that had come in and started making different types of people going on I'm telling you it was running rampant you it was the Sodom and Gomorrah of that day I'm gonna tell you it was going on And in order for God to get the attention of the people, he had to raise up a prophet named Hosea. And they had to put him right in the middle of them. And how in the world are you going to put them right in the middle? I'm going to tell you something, church. In today's time, we've got to stop telling people where to go and where to minister. I'm guilty of it myself. Telling people, hey, you shouldn't go into that place. You shouldn't be going in there. Now, I'm not... I'm not saying, yeah, you know, go to the bar on Saturday night, come in on Sunday morning. What I'm saying is, is we've got to, sometimes we've got to do whatever it takes. We've got to become the prophet of God that will do whatever it takes. Because Hosea obeyed God, and, and, he, and he took Gomer as his wife. And as he took Gomer as his wife, they had three. He, he, the Bible goes on to say, I want you to have children with her out of harlotry. And he did. He had three children. No, the Number one was a boy. His name was Jezreel. Jezreel used to be a good name. Before Jehu came, or before Jezebel came, and caused it to be a bad name, and then Jehu caused bloodshed bloodshed to happen in Jezreel, the city of Jezreel. So he had children. He had three children. First was a boy named Jezreel. Second, a girl. I can't remember exactly what the Bible says her name was. I'm not even going to worry about it. It just just says uh, no mercy, basically. No mercy or no grace for the people. Then he had a third one, a son. And he called him another name, uh, Rouge something, yeah, uh, Lo Rami, Lama, yeah. I'm getting my words mixed up. Which which just meant you are not my people. You, You might ask, why in the world would God do something like that? First of all, he told Hosea to name these two children because these two children were his. If you search out the Bible as Gomer being a harlot, these were illegitimate children that he were to raise. And then something would happen in Hosea's life where he would be separated from Gomer. They would actually get a divorce. And then something 
different would happen. And, and I know this is kind of peculiar. This is a little different. But, I, but this is the point I want to get to. Is Hosea and Gomer got a divorce. They went separate ways. And here's what Hosea says happens. After a, after a short time, the Lord speaks to Hosea. And he, and he says, I want you to restore, listen to this carefully. I want you to restore your love with Gomer. This is important. Because here's what the church has been called to do in this day and this time. Is to restore God's love to the lost. Because here's what's happened is the church has divorced the world. Listen to what I'm saying. The church has divorced the world. The farthest thing from what we should have ever done. Instead, what we need to do, now, we don't need to embrace sin, but we need to embrace the world so that we can show forth God's love. And that we should be able to, to march right into the world and show them God's love and, and to reunite with them, take them back into a marital unity, take them back into the unity of the body of Christ. You see, I, I'm, I'm so sick and tired of people saying that, that, you know what, when you become a Christian, you have to get rid of your old friends. Sister Andy, I was told that all of my life. I was told I didn't need to have friends that were in church or out of, out of church. You don't need to have friends on that baseball team. You don't need to have friends on that softball team. You don't need to have friends outside the church. I'll tell you something. That is a lie from the pits of the enemy. Because all that's trying to do is to keep you away from winning those people. So Hosea goes back to Gomer and he begins to love her unconditionally. And because he begins to love her unconditionally, what, what happens to her? She gives her heart and her soul and her life to God. She changes completely. And then God changes a whole, he, he's got a whole purpose for this. His whole purpose is for the, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom to be broken down and be put back into one kingdom and for, for both kings to, to come off of their throne and for one king to be reigning again. If you haven't done a study on Hosea, do a study on Hosea. It's, it's different. It is definitely different. It's not of the norm of what, I'm telling you, not in a million years would I ever think God would tell somebody to go marry a harlot, Ever. But it was necessary for the people to see the glory of God through the power of love. I've said all that to say this. Those of us that have lost loved ones, those of us that are in relationships with people who do not know God, now is the time to cling to them even more than ever before. Now is the time for us to show the love of Christ to them more now than ever before. Why? Because if I know God, and I do, He's a pursuer of all men. He has been in pursuit of the children of Israel from the very beginning of time. If you study the Old Testament and even the New Testament, from the very beginning when they come out of Egypt, He pursued them. He pursued them into Egypt. He brought them out. 
Every time a new king would come in and do something different, he would pursue them again and again and again by raising up the prophets. If you have a lost loved one today, be rest assured that you could do everything humanly possible within your, your, your being and your, your ability and it still will not amount to how much God is in pursuit of them himself. So, Pastor, how do you know? I'm going to tell you. I don't know that I've actually given my entire testimony in this church before, but I'm going to give it. Nineteen ninety-five. I graduated high school from Cuba, Missouri. My mother and father were called to pastor a church in Seymour, Missouri. So, not even a short month after graduation from high school, we packed up and moved to a town that I knew nothing of. I didn't know anybody. I was eighteen years old. I was impressionable. Had no idea what was going to happen. The church was small. The people were old. I was unhappy. So we moved. I went to, the, I went to my mom and dad's church a couple of times. That's it. Just a couple of times. I didn't like it. Not, be, not because of my mom and dad or anything like that. But I just didn't like it. It wasn't for me. I started attending a church down in Hurley, Missouri. Church of God of Hurley. I attended there for a little bit, but I, but I want to tell you, my life began to go in different ways. I met a cousin of mine that, uh, I won't mention his name, but I met a cousin of mine I began to hang out with, and I, I made one friend in the little city of Seymour that, that, uh, that I won't mention his name, but I began to hang out with. I began to get into, into some, some, uh, some groups of people that I probably shouldn't have been into, and, and they were influencing me more than I was influencing them. I began to dabble in some things that I probably shouldn't have. As a matter of fact, the, the very first thing I started to dabble in was drinking. At the age of 18 years old, I began, to, I began to dabble in drinking with my friends, and drinking led to smoking marijuana. I'm going to lay it out there, so, I mean, you, you better just, just listen to me. I'm being about as transparent as I can. I began going to softball games and, and putting my life through just doing all that stuff. And Sister, can you turn that Facebook Live off? I come to a point in my life at 19 years old where I was getting drunk more nights of the week than I was staying sober. I was smoking marijuana every day. Every day. I was miserable. Because at 17, 